All right, welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have a special edition episode with Cub Swanson from Fight Week in Las Vegas. He's fighting Daniel Pineda on December 12th, which is this weekend. It's only a couple days from the fight. He's taking the time out to be on the show again. Uh, greatly appreciate that. He's a great guy. He's a great person. He trains hard. Um, I'm sure he's, he's really looking forward to this fight, and it's been a year for him, so I'm sure he's very excited to get back in there. So let's talk to Cub. All right, Cub, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Fight week for you, man. A couple of days away. Thanks for taking time off. We're coming on the show just two days away from your fight. Yeah, it's been pretty chill. You know, we're just, uh, yesterday we were quarantined. Uh, got to do a few things today. So it's been pretty chill so far. So you haven't fought in like a year. So how is this whole like quarantine uh, situation going with like going through all these measures? And then, and then how is it going to be for you to fight with no audience? Well, I've been quarantined basically at home, you know, uh, California has been on and off, uh, they're quarantined right now pretty much. So I've been kind of used to it. Um, so, so doing all the testing and stuff like that, I've helped out a couple other guys for their fights. So, you know, it's nothing out of the norm, um, at this point. Um, but yeah. And as far as fighting in front of no crowd, I'm kind of excited for it. You know, sometimes uh, you as a fighter, you understand sometimes the crowd is like, overwhelming you know it brings extra nerves and sometimes you step up to the plate and sometimes you don't so yeah uh i i think this is going to be like a like a glorified sparring match you know it's like no no outside uh help it's just me and you yeah i'm kind of excited yeah at least it's no distractions because like it goes either way like i've had fights where i knew the crowd would be good and then fights i didn't know if the crowd would be good and the fights I knew would be bad, like I fought Dan Hardy in like England, that wasn't so good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't help when like people are screaming profanities at you as you're walking to the ring um, by yeah. the thousands. I mean, I I've been <laughs> a, a crowd favorite a lot, so I've been cheered most of my career. Yeah, I did fight Frankie Edgar in New Jersey. I got I got booed a lot more than I thought I was. Yeah, it hurts, so, right? Because so. I, I was the same way. I've always been like cheered pretty much, and like when I was in England, it was like I was nine and one in the UFC at that time. So I was like felt like I was doing pretty well, and then I go walked out, and it was like total like just chaos, and I was like just heartbroken. <laughs> I was like so yeah. sad. Yeah, it's funny because they don't people don't really think that fighters will get their feelings hurt in a yeah. way. You're like, man, <laughs> I never did guys. anything. I never talked crap, you know? Yeah. So it's funny. It's crazy. How did fight camp go for you? Fight camp was great. Uh, you know, a little bit towards the end, I started to get a little stressed out um, just because the COVID cases were yeah, rising. Thanksgiving was coming up. I couldn't really ask anybody not to go visit their family. I just kind of was like, hey, go get tested. You know, I got, you know, one more sparring day. Um, yeah. So, so. Had to had to worry about a couple things like that, but other than that, I feel like it was smooth. It was um, I spent the entire year trying to rehab and get back to 100, percent and it was just gradual, gradual, gradual. Um, and then even my sparring went from like awful to better to pretty good to great. Like yeah. wow, you look great. So <laughs> yeah. I, I was pretty happy with the progression of things. Yeah, I hate those first few sparring sessions when you've had time off. Um, so as far as fight week is concerned, how is it different this time? And what are your usual like kind of rituals for fight week, like to get your mind off fight camp and the fight and all that kind of stuff and just relax? Well, I'm usually 
I try to do the least amount. I'm trying to let my body kind of rest up and, 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 you know, quiet before the storm. I know I got to make weight. So it's more like cardio stuff, not like anything heavy. Uh, I've been with guys and they want to go hard every day. Yeah. Um, you know, and they want to run a bunch and, 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 and that's cool. You know, that's what makes them work. But for me, I, I like to do minimal. I like to, to save it all up. And, uh, but yeah, the, this one's been, you know, cool. Just, uh, they've been pretty strict. Uh, they, they just told us we couldn't like drive our own cars anywhere, which people had been doing, uh, yeah. once we passed the, the initial COVID test. So now we're restricted to like, if we need to go to the store or go train or whatever, they have to take us. So, yeah, it, which, which I'm fine with because I, I don't want anything to, to stop me from, from getting in there and, and, you know, being able to perform after a year of trying to get back and then, you know, a payday. Cause you know, I've been able to work all year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I just talked to Cheeto Vera and he's, he was the same way as, as you and, and same way I was where it's like, when it comes to fight week, it was like, you're not going to, to me, it's like, you're not going to lose cardio and lose shape. All you're going to do is recover and perform better. So I never did a lot of training during fight week. I was always like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, very light workouts and that's it like and it was like light as, yeah. as if to what i felt like i did maybe one or one round maybe three rounds of sparring or i mean uh pad work and then a couple rounds of mm -hmm. grappling light and that's it until i felt i was yeah. like kind of pushing my body a little bit then i'd be like done and that's it and then i see these guys in the corner i remember dennis Siv siver 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 um can't yeah. remember uh, he, he was at one of my fights and, and he was like just crazy training hard beside me, like for like an hour. And I was just like, and it was like Wednesday or something. And I was like, holy yeah. shit, man. Like you can't possibly be fresh. He was on the sauce. Yeah. You can't possibly be fresh when you go in there after training like that. Yeah. I think, I think some people just need that for their mental state. You know, I, like I said, I, like for me, as we're losing weight, you know, you get a little bit, you know, your energy is not as high you can, yeah. you can get dizzy here and there um things ache a little bit more so that always kind of is is if anything's going to make me go the opposite way of confidence so i'm like yeah i'm trying to break a sweat i want to break a sweat because i'm drinking lots of water still but i i don't want to you know i don't want to do any damage to my body and you're fighting a guy in Daniel Pineda that, that has a little bit of momentum right now. One fight in UFC, but he's got some momentum with some wins and stuff. Um, you you had some momentum with, with the big fight over Cron Gracie, and you had a lot of time off. Do you still feel like you have a little bit of momentum going in, uh, coming off of that win? I mean, obviously it's better than coming off of a loss, but um, does that yeah. still make you feel good coming off a win like that and, and knowing that this is, uh, this is where you're progressing from, even though it has been a year? Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like I got some progression and – I think that I also got some progression from, you know, overcoming the injury and doing it in the timeline that I said I would do it in and just kind of right. sticking to my guns on all that. So, I mean, it's not the exact same as winning a fight, but it, it's a win. And um, I, I'm really looking at it as a blessing in disguise because I was able to spend so much time with my kids because they're at that age right now that, you know, it's important. And yeah. uh, it really made me think about things I'd like to do better uh, things I wanted to get back to. Um, so like the one thing in particular, I had been getting away from, um, you know, just not even wanting to deal with the stress of the fight until the fight. Yeah. And that would sometimes mess with me. So this time I've, I've really, anytime I started to think about the fight and go, ah, you don't got to think about that right now. 
I go, no, you got to think about that right now. Deal with it as it comes. And then also like writing down things that I want to do in the fight. So that way when I get in there, I'm not like, you know, what was I, what was my plan? Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to be as professional as possible because I'm still chasing that perfect performance. And, and I think that's how you do it. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your family and, and uh, if it was fun spending time with them at least during that time. I had, I blew, I know you had a similar injury. I blew my ACL, MCL, and meniscus, and I was out, I had complications after surgery the first time. So I was out 910 days in my prime. So you can wow. imagine, you can imagine almost three years without fighting in the yeah. middle of your prime was shitty. It was like, yeah, it was fun yeah. seeing the family. It was fun seeing everybody, but I was like, I need to fight. Like, <laughs> I needed to go back. And that, yeah. that was when I fought on UFC and Fox 4. And so it was like, finally, I had a fight again. But so I can imagine kind of what that was like. Did you get, I mean, did you do the rehab correctly and get over it and everything? Because I was really bad at it. And that's why I had all those complications. Yeah, I, I listened to a lot of people right away. They told me, uh, don't do this procedure. Look for this one. I ended up doing the patella, um, right. which is very strong. And I told people told me, okay, you might feel these things. Okay. Um, I, I got a physical therapist that was very conservative. Um, and, and I wanted that in the beginning cause I just didn't want to risk my chances of re-injuring it, yeah. um, because of my age as well. And then I was consulting with a physical therapist that was very, you know, very, he would push the, the envelope and yeah. say, you should be doing this, this, and this. So between listening to the two of them, I would try to do it in the beginning. Um, I remember the physical therapist, the conservative one, I was saying, I want to be on a boxing ball. I want to do this. And they're like, oh, you're not ready. Yeah. And then I would just ask them every day. And after a week, they say, okay, get on it. And then I got on it, did squats, and like showed them like, <laughs> I can do this. So I, I, that was a, those were little victories in itself, but it's still the mental battle of like almost every night I would go to bed going, did I push it too hard? Am I pushing enough? You know, I just like constantly questioning myself and, and just wanting to, you know, to, to make sure I was doing it right. So it was, it was a mental battle. It was a difficult one to overcome, but I, I feel like I did a great job and I got uh, my, my strength back and everything. So, yeah, well, that's smart, man. The, instead of doing rehab, I went to Thailand. I was already building the gym. So three weeks after surgery, when I wasn't even supposed to fly, I, I flew to Thailand to, to continue, continue working. And, and I thought, I was like, I'll do rehab there. Don't worry. I know what to do. And they gave me all the stuff and all, you know, what to do, extend the leg, extend the leg, extend the leg. And of course, I didn't do it. So all that, like, whatever it is that built up there, built up and I didn't have flexibility. So they had to go in and, like, scrape it out. It, it was a nightmare. Yeah. But anyway, let's get back to uh, your fight real fast. Do, do you, without giving anything away strategically, like where do you feel stronger in this fight like like where do you feel like you have the the biggest advantage going into this one i mean i'd definitely say the striking uh he he's kind of a banger um it's it's funny when i really watch tape on him i feel like he does a lot of things that i do yeah he's just a little bit more of a brute you know he's uh i'm more i'm i'm more trying to be slick and and fast and, and uh he's just trying to to just be in your face yeah. um which isn't a bad style um i just feel like uh when i'm at, when i'm at the top of my game i, I do it a lot better yeah. um but he's dang he's dangerous on the ground as well um and, and so i i think he's pretty well rounded uh, i don't think he's like phenomenal anywhere i think he's just really good everywhere yeah 
Absolutely. And I know you say you watch tapes. I asked a lot of my guests this. Do you watch a lot of tapes and study strategically your opponents, each one? Uh, you get a lot of fighters that say they don't, and shockingly to me, um, and a lot of fighters that do. They do every single thing as far as training and, and watching their opponents and, and watching tapes and, and, and trying mm -hmm. to, to figure out everything they can to get an edge for when they fight. Is that what you do? Do you do the same thing as far as studying your opponents? Yeah, I like to study tendencies and I, I try to look for what makes what positions make them comfortable, what right. what positions make them uncomfortable. Smart. Uh, I think those are, are very, you know, big things you need to learn. Uh, and as far as attacks, uh, you, you kind of want to get a good sense of, of like their stance, their hand placement. Do they have a high guard? Do they have a low guard? Um, because then you know like places that are going to be easy easy points um i always feel like when it's a, a like a 50 50 battle you got to take those little i think about it like street fighter like if, if you <laughs> both have the full bar you, sometimes you got to do those little slide kicks like ken and, and ryu would do yeah. you know, those little cheap ones that, that barely <laughs> take anything yeah. sometimes you got to take those shots and and so when you study film, sometimes those are the easy ones you can you can get and, and, and chip away at them before the big ones land. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. What is your what would you say your exact prediction for the fight is if everything goes your way? Uh, I, I never say first round because I, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I I tend to not take people out very early. Um, but, you know, preferably second round finish. Nice. Um, you know, if uh, I'd love to get a submission, it's been a while, and people just underestimate underestimate my ground game. Right. Um, but I would imagine he he'll try to take me down at some point, and if I could reverse it and catch him in a slick submission, that'd be nice. But uh, TKO is always nice. Yeah, it's, it's always <laughs> it's always it's nice for you. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. We got to thank our sponsors really fast. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast and yours truly. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The best below-the-waist grooming products on the market, bar none. Great stocking stuffers. Great Christmas gift for yourself, for your friends, for your family. And now you can get 20% discount and free shipping by using code QUICK, Q-U-I-C-K, at checkout at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. That lets them know that I sent you from the podcast, which supports the podcast. Uh, it's a win-win for everybody. Merry Christmas. And as always, this podcast is brought to you also by AKA Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort in Phuket, Thailand. And now you can save 30% off booking group training classes at akthailand.com right now. And those group training classes are good for any time in the future. So you can book a week, you can book two weeks, three weeks, a month, three months, six months, a year, however long you want to book right now at akthailand.com. 30% discount. You can actually mix the, the, the discount in with the packages that we have as well and still save on the training portion. And you can use them anytime in the future, 2021, 22, 23, whenever you want. You're in the POS. You're locked in. It's the best deal we've ever had, the best deal we ever will have. Um, it has to do with the pandemic, obviously, so you can still take advantage of it. Uh, if you have any questions on the products, any, any questions on the training, the gym, info at akthailand.com. We'll get back to you immediately. We'll also give you updates on when the borders are open or how you can come to Thailand. All countries are welcome to Thailand right now. There's just a two-week quarantine. I think that's going to be over soon. 
Uh, we should be getting news here anytime now about letting people in with vaccines who have vaccines. A lot of people are getting vaccinated overseas right now. So they're going to have to let those guys in when they, they can prove they've been vaccinated. All that information is info at akthailand.com. They'll get back to you, give you any information that you need. So again, akthailand.com for all your information. If you're not familiar with the gym, here's the commercial. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. So your juice video, that thing is awesome, dude. The, the, the juice guy that went viral. Uh, boarding down with his, with his uh, cranberry juice, and then you did an awesome, awesome, like, mimic of that how did that come about like I, i'm i barely figured out what that was about i just saw the guy because i'm in thailand so i just saw the guy everywhere and become famous overnight yeah. and i was like what's going on what's the deal with this guy with the juice and then i saw you and you did like an exact uh copy video of that how did that come about well i did i had to do a flip so i felt i was upset about that that i had to do a flip but he did it on tiktok and i don't i don't have a tiktok and i don't really have a desire to do it um, so I did it, um, on my phone and so I, I was reversed. So that was the only thing that wasn't, that wasn't the same. Um, plus I had just, you know, just started being able to be on a skateboard with my knee. So I had to be real careful. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I've been on a skateboard since I hurt my knee. Um, but yeah, a bunch of people were tagging me in it saying I looked like them. So I just thought it was a really good opportunity and really easy video to redo. Um, but I knew I needed to shave my head and kind of try to look like them a little bit more. And so it took me a few weeks to, to you know, want to shave my head because I wanted to wait until my fight camp was started. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, once I shaved my head, I told my wife, like, hey, I'm going to take the skateboard across the street and I'm going to try to do this video. And so <laughs> she watched the kids for us and, and, and I – did in like seven takes and I, I think I nailed it. You nailed it good, man. I was wondering, did you get a lot of views? Did, I mean, I saw a bunch of different people that posted it, so it was probably spread out a lot. Yeah, I definitely got a lot. It was my biggest uh, social media post uh, in the last like year or so, at least maybe last two years. Um, I was a little disappointed that, that the Ocean Spray or uh, UFC didn't even repost it oh, wow. uh, and then the guy dog face he didn't repost it or mention or anything uh but i did get like a lot of random cool people that that reached out to me about it so i i was happy with it i'm surprised they didn't reach out to you like dog face or uh the, the ufc or something at least reposting it yeah yeah i mean i thought the dog face guy would at least like comment on it because people tag me in all his videos so i'm like yeah he's got to know who i am 
but I mean, he's he's uh he's pretty busy right now, so. He was just jealous, man, because you did it so good. Maybe. That's for sure. That's for sure the reason. <laughs> That's for sure the reason. Uh, huge fight, kind of. I gotta ask you. Um, anytime there's a big fight, I always ask my guests. Uh, Connor versus Poirier. Just, just your overall thoughts on the fight. Um, how you think it's gonna go this time, or, or what your thoughts are about the fight? If you don't want to give an exact prediction. I mean, it's hard to pick against Connor. Um, I, I don't like to pick him because he's. I've never been a fan of just him as a person, but he is an amazing fighter. Yeah. Um, I was expecting a good fight the first time, and I, I think you know Connor did what he what he usually does and beats people before they even get in there. Yeah. And I, I you know, it's like uh, they get in there. Same thing happened to Cowboy. They get in there and just the pressure is there, and and they and, and Connor thrives in that. So I think this time around, uh, you know, Poirier is a lot more grown up. He he's learned from that experience. I think he'll still have some nerves, but. I think it'll be a good fight. Uh, I think it would really be hard to pick against uh, McGregor, like I said, but I, I'm just hoping that it's a good fight and that it, they, they throw down a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Connor's a great starter. He gets in there and puts the pressure on fast, and that can just take people back a little bit. And sometimes in this mm-hmm. sport, when you get taken back a little bit, that's it. You know what I mean? You lose that momentum, and that momentum is he has the momentum, and you lose it. Now you lose the edge. And I think yeah. the difference is going to be that Poirier at least fought him before, and he knows exactly what to expect. So he seems confident. So I, I'm hoping he brings a good fight and it becomes like a really good fight and competitive fight. I, I definitely hope that's the case. Um, again, I'm with you on, it's hard to pick against Connor in, in the fight, but I'm not surprised at all if, if Poirier wins. And, and, yeah. and yeah, I mean, not, I, I not even at all. That, Cause I think he's an awesome dude. You know, he, uh, you know, we fought back in the day he's and I've always guy, been yeah. a fan of his ever since. So I, I would love for him to win and see him, you know, do well and get some big paydays. And now it seems like boxing's like doing this whole thing now too. You saw the the Jones and Tyson fight, I assume. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I wasn't as big of a fan of the commentary like everybody else was. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I just I was a little annoyed that you know that I like this the Snoop Dogg commentary during the YouTube guy fights, but when you have like you know yeah. the old veterans that that you know are like legends. I would have liked a little bit more traditional um, commentary. And then I didn't like how they kept referring to how old they were and how they obviously aren't what they used to be. And I'm like, why, why do you like, no one's expecting that. Like, stop, stop saying that. Just commentate on the fight. Yeah. I think you have to be under some kind of guidelines when you're an analyst and a commentator, because you have to be Mm -hmm. in flow with the organization and with the fight. And Snoop Dogg Mm -hmm. just obeys no rules. And like he needs to like he needs to commentate like street fights. He would be hilarious yeah. at commentating street fights. Yeah. But it's like when you have Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. and all you hear the whole fight is him saying that it looks like my uncles are fighting. To me, that's not only disrespectful, but it's just not funny. And, and it's like I, I no disrespect to Snoop Dogg, but it's like it wasn't funny. And he just kept saying it, trying to get more laughs. But it's like he couldn't hear the laughs because we were at home. So I don't know why yeah. you know. It's like I don't. He just kept saying it. But it's like, no, it's yeah. not like your uncle's fighting. These are two of the best fighters of all time. And at 50-something yeah. years old, they did pretty damn good, in my opinion. I mean, for 50-something years old, 54, 56, whatever it is, that's crazy. Crazy amount of output for guys like that to do, was it eight rounds of two minutes, 16 minutes? That's longer than yeah. an MMA fight. I mean, technically, it's yeah. more breaks, but it's longer. So. Yeah. 
it wasn't easy. I agree with you. I, I, I felt the same way. So I, I, I hope if they keep doing those, like I don't, like I said, I don't mind the funny commentary when you have guys that that's not their they deserve thing, you it. know, like the <laughs> Nate Robinson and, and Jake Paul fight was, it's kind of a, a circus act. Yeah, so you, yeah. you, you, you run with that. But when you got the legends in there, I, I think, we, we owe them that respect. You got to have that respect. And what do you think, just lastly, what do you think about the YouTubers now calling out all these MMA fighters and trying to, to trying to pull them into boxing? It's funny they're not trying to fight them in MMA. They're not, they're, it's, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's, like, it's like training in rugby full-time as a celebrity and then calling out MMA fighters into rugby and being like, I'll kill yeah. you in rugby. I'm a way better athlete and fighter than you. But I train rugby full time and you've trained MMA. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, not, it's not unknown that MMA is the real fighting sport of the world, but they're dragging them mm -hmm. into boxing. And it seems like that's the thing. What are your thoughts on these YouTubers now trying to become alpha and take on all these fights and fight other celebrities, fight fighters, fight everybody? Well, I think I'll, at the end of the day, as much crap as they talk, they know that they are only going to keep getting paid as long as they're winning. So they're they're not going to pick guys that they think they're going to lose to, at yeah. least not until it's the biggest payday. Like, I think calling out Connor is, a, is another one. I think that that's probably a bad matchup for him, but they know that they'll make enough money to where they don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. So I, I could I could see that they're they're being smart about it. Um, but I don't, I don't hate that, that celebrities are trying to fight. I, I've always, when they talked about it before, like, uh, when Brock Lesnar came over, but when they were talking about way back in the day about, um, uh, Joe Rogan fighting, uh, Wesley Snipes, I was like, yeah, because uh, to me, it just means more eyes on the sport and right. people are going to realize when they see that these guys really aren't at the same level as guys like us in our prime, then I don't. I think people will appreciate us more, you know, yeah. and, and it's just more eyes on us. So I, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, as long as I just want to see the real fighters making money, you know, yeah. as much money as possible. So as long as that's happening in there, then I'm cool with it. Yeah, no, I agree with you with the celebrity fights. I've always been a fan of those. It's just when the celebrities start calling out and disrespecting the MMA fighters as if, like, that hasn't been what they've been training and doing their whole lives is when it gets crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think the yeah. fight with, with Nate Robinson is going to show a lot of them uh, the downside of getting second place in fighting. It's not quite yeah. like getting second place in the other sports. And that can happen to Jake Paul. That can happen to Logan Paul. That can happen to anybody. That's not, it's not like that's uncommon that you're going to get flatlined like, like Nate Robinson. And so when you lose, mm -hmm. especially like that and you're a big celebrity, that's going to be a rough one to swallow because, you know, it's rough for us when we lose. And there's a million yeah. fights, but we're still seeing that highlight video of us getting knocked out. And it's not even a meme. It's not even going around the Internet. So it's like it's going to be a tough one for them to swallow when that day does come, which it will eventually come. Yeah. But they're going to find somebody that's going to be able to lay that punch on them. So I, I guess that changed things up a little bit. But uh, anyway, we're going to have track. And I know you got a lot to do. And, and I took a lot of your time already, man. Listen, December 12th, uh, UFC 256. You're fighting Daniel Panita. And I am – Excited to watch your fight. I'm excited to watch your return. Uh, it's, it's always great talking to you, man. You've always been a great guest. Thanks for coming back on the show, especially uh, on your fight week, taking time out for me. I greatly appreciate it. I'm in your corner. I'm rooting for you. I'll be watching you from Thailand. And uh, thanks again for doing the show, brother. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Sorry I didn't get back to you right away. I, I ghosted you for a little bit because, yeah, I get, uh, I, I get like really to myself around fight time. I only like 
why I hang out with my training partners. I don't talk to my family, like my extended family. Um, yeah, so, but I told you I'd do it, and here I am. And uh, you're good vibes anyway, so I appreciate you having me on. Uh, we'll do it again after my fight sometime. And I look forward to coming and visiting at some point. Dude, definitely, man. I'll take care of you. You're going to love Phuket. We got to get you up here. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right, brother. Hey, good luck. Stay safe and uh, get some rest. And let's see uh, Let's see a great performance coming up here on December 12th. All right. Will do. All right, brother. Take care. All right, Cub Swanson. Uh, great podcast again, as always. Great person. Great, great guy. Uh, great fighter. And always good to talk to him. Uh, second time he's been on the podcast. I reached out to him. We we're going to have him come on, and it was getting close to the fight, so I didn't want to push it too much. Uh, and then he finally came through and wanted to do it here a couple days before his fight, which I felt bad because I didn't want to talk to him too close to his fight and, and do anything that's going to distract him or anything. So I wanted to keep it fun and exciting and, and just try to cheer him up and uh, and get him, get him smiley as much as possible before his fight. <laughs> so I just greatly appreciate the fact that he took the time out to do the show and and come and give us thoughts i think uh you know this close to a fight you know you 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 can share your real thoughts and and share everything everything that's possibly went down from the beginning until now actually from last year when he fought last until now so i think it was a very honest podcast where we got to see a lot of what's been going on and how he feels and uh you know it seems like he's in good spirits and he's healthy he's ready to fight He's excited. I think he feels confident, and I'm very excited for this fight too. Cub always brings it, and uh, you know he's coming off a big win over Cron Gracie, so he does have some momentum, even though he has some time off. Sometimes time off is good, and uh, I, I think that might re-energize him as well. At this point in his career, he's had like 40 fights almost, so it's not like he's going to have to deal with a lot of rust or it's going to be new for him. Um, and like he said, this might be good with no crowd as well. Uh, where he can just go in there and focus and fight and do his thing. So I guess we'll see what happens. But either way, it was a great podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube. Let us know what you thought. Uh, we love the support. We love the feedback. We just posted, or posted uh, uh, Cheeto Vera, Marlon Cheeto Vera. So that's out. And then now we're posting this one uh, just a couple days later. Uh, we got some other good ones coming up. We're going to keep them rolling. So stay tuned. We appreciate all the support. Thanks for viewing, and we'll see you next time.